Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Declan Mangan. I'm a junior at IU studying cinematic arts. And welcome to my animated life. Here we discuss animated content of different varieties from movies to TV shows. Uh, and sometimes we talk about the medium in general. So I uh, sorry if I sound a little sick. It's because I am. But I want to still try and do this. But I don't think it's going to be too bad. And then, uh, and also an update, the, the long-awaited interview I have with somebody that is now delayed to March 1st. He's a little busy at the moment, but I'm still going to be able to interview him, which is good. So <clears throat> with that being said, before we get into our topic, uh, it's Black History Month, and I have a show to recommend that portrays to black audiences. It's a, it's a Disney TV show that's currently on its season two run, and it's called Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. It recently won an Annie Award for uh, its uh, voice acting for, uh, for, uh, for its main lead. Uh, but it, uh, Basically, it's an adaption from the Marvel superhero Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, which is spinoff to Moon Boy and Devil Dinosaur. But it's a little more less uh, fantastical. It's more based on sci-fi. And uh, Luna herself is a little bit more of like a young Spider-Woman, uh, the Spider-Man, where she has her family in the Bronx she 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 struggles and it's and she's kind of a tech gizmo person so yeah that's uh that's my recommendation it's currently on disney plus and uh season two is currently airing with the hopes of season three happening uh, i've seen like the first few episodes of season one and it's actually pretty good and uh and it does connect a little to the marvel cinematic universe where Maria Hill does make an appearance, and Lawrence Fishburne did create the show with some people, but he also uh, he also voices the Beyonder, who's a big multiverse villain, and also he plays he returns to his role from Ant Man and the Wasp, where he plays like Michael Douglas's enemy or something like that. I don't remember that movie was boring, but. Uh, the Beyonder suits him a little bit more. And then also, I believe that the animation is done by Flying Bark Studios, who did Rise of the TMNT, which is the, which was the last uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before Mutant Mayhem came out. So its uh, style is very akin to anime and all that. So, yeah, that's... Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Uh, I think it's worth a watch. So, yeah. Uh, and then our main topic of discussion today is uh, Soul. Pixar's big 2020... Wait. Their second big 2020 release after Onward. But... Uh, <clears throat> and uh, this was the last movie directed by Peak Doctor before he became uh, the new CEO of Pixar after John Hugs-A-Lot uh, got fired for his misdemeanor 
but he's still around for some reason. I don't know. So we're going to start with a simple synopsis and get into some of the stuff about it. And then we're going to talk about... Actually, we're going to save the synopsis and the cast for later. I want to talk about its conception. Doctor conceived, uh, Pete Doctor conceived soul in 2016, uh, January 2016, examining the origins of human personalities and the concept of determinism. He pitched the idea about space-time involving souls with personalities. During his first meeting with Jones, I... Uh, Mike Jones, who he he was a writer on Soul. The film's producers uh, consulted various jazz musicians, including Herbie Hancock and Terry Lynn Carrington, and animated its musical sequences using sessions of John Batiste, who was a composer, as a reference. And uh, the music is done by the legendary Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, who... Did the Social Network, uh, Mank, they're big David uh, Fincher collaborators, but they've been doing a lot of good stuff recently. Uh, So, Soul, let's talk. Oh, there's more. (laughs) Oopsies. Uh, worked on development yeah so he doctor and jones worked on the development of the main characters for about two years some ideas included the main character joe voiced by jamie fox uh as a scientist which did not feel so naturally pure pixar eventually settled on portraying the film's main character as a musician because they wanted an appealing profession for the audience so then they had to make him African-American due to the race being tied to jazz history. And then this is when Kemp Powers, who was a, who was a, one of the co-directors on Soul, but he also d- was a writer on last, uh, one, day, one Night in Miami and also the new Spider-Verse movie. <clears throat> but he also helped co-write Soul, uh, so uh, he did uh, some Joel stuff uh, within the film's early development, but uh, his initial contact contract was tell twelve weeks long, and it was later extended after making extensive after making extensive contributions. He became a co-director, and this is a history moment. He just made it's the first African American co-director of a Pixar movie and uh, powers based several elements of Joe on his own personal life, but wanted the character to transcend his transcend his own experience in order to make him more accessible. Powers also provided additional emphasis on authenticity, depicting Joe's relationship within the black community in order to portray actually accurately African-American culture within the film Pixar worked closely with a cultural trust with black Pixar employees. And this is where the uh, musicians come in. And uh, and then uh, probably the word, uh, we'll get into it. Uh, uh, it's the second part of the story. And then uh, 
so they wanted uh so they wanted an idea uh to focus uh shoot uh yeah so some test versions of the film ended fe- uh, ended featuring Joe pondering whether to pass on to the great beyond returning to earth a year later staying in the great before as a mentor so uh yeah that that kind of spoils the ending where it definitely could have helped if Joe stayed dead but he gets a second chance at life i think it would have been more provocative to have him die to keep the message of enjoy life for for every moment you you have even if it's so short because his death was very big and that was like the incent uh in, uh inciting incident of it all but i think it would have been better if he stayed dead anyway uh animation pixar and doctor were mindful of the history of racist imagery in animation and wanted to create black characters as well as integrate authentic african-american culture into the film's dna to prevent character stereotypes and tropes Pixar sought to capture the finer details of the character, including the textures of black hair and the way light plays on various tones of black skin. According to Powers, the animation used lighting in em- yeah, so the lighting. They used lighting in emphasizing the character's ethnic features, while cinematographer Bradford Young worked as a lighting consultant. And uh, the music is captured by Baptiste, as I already mentioned. The souls were animated by the filmmakers in a vaporous, ethereal, and non-physical way. Souls were designed to depict various religious and cultural outlooks. The designs were also inspired by early drawings made by Doctor. And animators created two designs for the souls in the film. One for the new souls in the great before as children, very cute, very appealing, with simple rounded shapes by Jude Braunbill, the supervising animator of the movie, and one for mental shows where uh, uh, souls where they're much older, more refined, feature distinctive characteristics. They differentiated souls from the ghosts by adjusting their color palettes accordingly. Animating the souls designs were actually pretty challenging and substantial, uh, several artists helped create the soul's designs by giving their suggestions and opinions on how they looked. Uh, and the last big... Yeah. There's a few extras. I, Sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, the soul counselors, known as Jerry's, originated from law, line drawings made by story artist Afton Corbin where they created wire sculptures of them and the designs was finalized. Terry was also the villain. The, they also designed Terry. They were seen by critics as a... The, the, the villain was seen as a reference to Osvaldo Cavaloni's 1970 Italian animated series La Lina. <clears throat> the fantastical elements were difficult to render, to address the issue, Doctor referred to his fi- Inside Out film, where the filmmakers personified through uh, filmmakers personified through physicality for the Great Before, which is where people are born and whatnot. 
The filmmakers did not want it to be based in any specific culture given its nature of universality. They sought inspiration from the architecture of the 30s to the 60s World's Fair, making a sense of awe and importance. Production designer Steve Pilcher believed in the simplicity of the great before, saying that it was com complicated and naive. According to Doctor, the aim of the design was to make a grand statement about learning and knowledge. The personal pavilions were designed to be abstract-looking shapes as a literal interpretation of the abstract ideas they represent. For the great beyond, the filmmakers conceptualized going towards the light, which they believed the audience would understand. The astral plane sequence took months to create, which is the scene where Joe falls from the great beyond, from the great before. Despite the actual scene having a short duration, visual effects supervisor Bill Wart Watchwell compared the sequence to the shower scene from Psycho, taking a long time to film in spite of the actual short time span. During the sequence, filmmakers painstakingly animated sands, liquids, and rocks for the brief sequence. And then the film's uh, location, New York, uh, filmmakers explored jazz clubs and pizza shops for inspiration. And uh, the barbershop scene, which is uh, the barbershop scene, which was probably one of the one of a, one of the best scenes in the movie, received additional input from Powers. The animation style moved away from photorealism, depicting the city as distorted and crooked. And then uh, the music, I already mentioned Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they composed the ambient score for the metaphysical segments of the film. And ba John Baptiste, notable jazz person, composed a number of original jazz songs for the New York-based segments of the film. He created user-friendly jazz, which felt authentic, but could still be appreciated by a general audience. Ross composed a somewhat ominous <clears throat> musical cue in the after afterlife walkway scene, which also incorporated real-world sounds. Reznor and Ross were brought in on the recommendation of sound designer Frank Lice, who have who also has worked with them in David Fincher films. And uh, the theatrical release. Soul premiered on October 11, 2020 at the London Film Festival. It was initially scheduled for a theatrical release on June 19, 2020, but was later pushed back to November 20th due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then they decided to put it on Disney Plus on December 25th. Unlike Mulan, Soul did not do so well through Disney Plus Premier Access, making it free for all subscribers. In December 5th, 2023, it was announced that Pixar movies, including Soul, would be released in theaters in the United States through early 2024, with Soul being released in January 12th. Anyway, that's uh, that's some additional info. But the box office, I don't really want to talk about the box office because it wasn't really released well. But uh, anyway, but we could talk about the streaming. Following the release of Soul on Disney+, Plus, researcher firm Screen Engine reported that 13% of viewers watched the film and over-indexed among parents, partially mothers. Company also said that Soul was among the most watched straight to streaming titles of the year behind Hamilton and Wonder Woman 1984. 
The film gathered 166 hundred million and six six nine billion minutes of watch time, making it the number one streaming title that week of December first to the twenty seventh. Nielsen reported that Wonder Woman two had two billion minutes of streaming, which surpassed sold soul for with one point seven billion. This is all lots of stuff. So I'll just leave it at that. Soul received critical acclaim, of course, and uh, it eventually uh, won the Oscar of uh, for Best Anime Feature and for Best Music, which rarely happens. But it was also nominated for Best Sound, so that's also interesting. It also uh, won, I believe, seven Annie Awards, including ten nominations. Three British Academy Film Awards winning two, a Critics' Choice Movie Award, which it won, and two Golden Globe Awards winning both. And uh, the National Board of Review and American Film Institute named Soul one of the 10 best films of 2020, which won the National Board of Review's Best Animated Film Award. So that's some background info on Soul. So now we can get into the actual film. So first, let's just get into the cat. Uh, we could just go into this. So, in New York City, there's a there's a piano teacher named Joe Gardner who uh, is voiced by Jamie Fox, who's a middle school uh, jazz musician. But uh, but his real his real interest is getting a part a chance to be in a jazz club, which. Uh, he receives uh, an off, but before he gets that chance, uh, he does part-time uh, middle school jazz teaching, which uh, he receives an offer to teach full-time, which he thinks about. His mother urges him to accept it, but Joe wants to go to the jazz club ran by Dorothea Williams, who is played by Angela Bassett, I believe. Uh, Dorothea hires him on the spot by being, by impressing her. And uh, he, uh, with while excited, he dies falling in the manhole before he even gets the chance. So, yes, he dies, which means he goes to the great before, which is a giant light bulb where... Every dying soul uh, uh, goes into the light and lives out heaven. But uh, Joe is not ready to die, so he finds a way to escape and finds a way to enter into the great before, which is a realm where new souls are prepared for life on Earth with guidance from otherworldly counselors, which are all named Jerry, and experienced souls who act as mentors. New souls have have badges that grants passage to Earth once it has been completely filled in with interests and personality traits. Joe is mistaken to be a mentor and is assigned to 22, who's voiced by Tina Fey, a stubborn soul who has been in the great before for thousands of years in hopes to avoid Earth. Intrigued by Joe's desperation to return for a mundane life, 22 agrees to let Joe help her find her spark, which will complete her badge and enable Joe to use it to return home. After Joe's attempts to find 22, 
the, they find a place called the zone, which is a place that souls enter when their passions create a euphoric trance but become a trap for the obsessed, lost souls. They eventually run into Moonwind, a signed twirler who regularly enters the zone to rescue lost souls, who helps the duo locate Joel's comatose body in a hospital. However, uh, they find they find him, but uh, Joe brings 22 with him, which causes Joe to become a cat and 22 to become Joe. So uh, they locate Moonwind, who agrees to meet them at the jazz club that night to restore Joe to his body. In the meantime, 22 settles into Joe's body and starts to find enjoyment in trivial things like food, wind, and music. She holds poignant conversations with uh, Li uh, Libba, who's, uh, I believe, Joe's mom. Yeah, Joe's mom. And then Connie... Uh, one of Joe's middle school students, and Dez, Joe Bar Joe's barber, who also conv uh, he convinces Joe's mother to let it. Uh, Twenty two convinces Joe's mother to let him play in the band, deepening her understanding of life, which actually has that that scene by itself is really powerful and it has great lighting. Meanwhile, Terry, the being in charge of counting souls discovers the counts off and arrives to on earth to find joe to put him back into great beyond uh so hijinks ensues but uh as they get ready for the jazz uh the jazz scene uh 22 finally discovers the joys of living and refuses to leave joe's body as she flees Joe chases her through a subway station. Terry finds them both and returns them to the great before. 22 finds out her badge is complete. Angry Joe, uh, Joe is angry and insists it was the result of experiencing life in his body with his preferences and she has no purpose of her own. Distraught, 22 throws the badge at him and retreats into the zone. Uh, Jerry informs Joe that the spark a spark is not a soul's purpose in life, but it's. Uh, but Joe refuses to believe this and discreetly uses 22's badge to return to Earth. Uh, and then Joe plays the uh, at the jazz club, but he's confused when it's and when it does not bring the fulfillment he was expecting. Looking at the small objects that 22 collected, such as pine cones, uh, uh, leaf twisters. Uh, he recalls the moment they had enjoyed together and realizes it's those small experiences that was what gave 22 her spark. He enters the zone with the intent on of returning 22's badge, but discovers she has become a lost soul, obsessed with the idea that she has no purpose. Joe chases her down and shows her a sycamore seed she collected to remind her of her time on Earth. They realize that a spark is not a soul's purpose, but simply a desire to live. Joe's actions restore 22 to normal. He returns her badge and accompanies her for as long as he can on her journey down to Earth. He enters the great beyond, but Jerry stops him and offers him another chance at life. And thanks for finally inspiring 22 to live. While another Jerry distracts Terry to manipulate the count. The next morning, Joe returns to his body on Earth, committed to fully living life. So that's uh, Soul.
Soul is one of those movies that uh, just goes for it, just punches you in the gut about life and just tells you, hey, things suck, but at least you're living. And uh, yeah, that's Soul. It's a, it's a, why do I like it so much? Well, of course, it's themes on life. This is one of the first movies that actually explores that fact. While Puss, Puss in Boots is uh, chases its coattails, I do think Puss in Boots is a little better because it actually has character changing, uh, characters changing from who they are. And same with Joe, but uh, again, he should have stayed dead. And I don't really like the idea of the cat because the cat is kind of like the princess and the frog where they were like, hey, we have this really cool black character, but then they just turn him into a cat, which is like, I love cats, but to kind of say this is your first African-American Pixar lead only to not really show that in the main character and just using the side characters for that, it def definitely feels scummy, I think. Uh, I don't know how to put it. But uh, anyway, uh, what else did I like about this movie? As I already mentioned, this movie has some incredible lighting. There's a few scenes I can actually remember right now I really like. I really like the scene between Dorothea and uh, Joe after he finds out he's not really fulfilled. And she's like, have you ever heard this story about the duck in the pond? And it just is actually such a good story. And, it, and Angela Bassett has such a good voice acting voice and tells the story impeccably. I also really like that... Uh, I also really like the score, as I already mentioned. I love Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. They're very new wave. And they just have such a good score. I was listening to the music last Friday and while I was walking in the snow and actually it was very nice and very meditating and everything. Uh, my favorite track in that movie is Epiphany, where it's when Joe finds out that life is... Life is mainly just about enjoying the little things instead of the bigger picture of doing everything you can in your power to live and enjoy your passions. But in reality, it's just the fact that we're alive and we're here. That's all that matters. That, And they kind of pose that question with the in the meaning of life, too, where it's just like there's really no meaning. It's just we live and we just enjoy what little time we have and try to find out that there's all these things that are much more little that can be much more appreciated than something simple. So Soul is great at telling that. And uh, I also, while I do hate the fact the main character gets turned into a cat in the second act, I do think about... I do really like the side characters. I really like the barber, uh, Des. He talks about why, like, he gave up the idea of being a barber. And that scene also was really good. It was very beautiful. And uh, and then the scene between 
22 and Joe's body and her mother, his mother, talking about his worry that his life will amount to nothing if he doesn't chase his dream, uh, his dream band. And then she joins him in her his blue light, which is him being passionate, which the lighting tells another like a whole story and it's very beautiful and very it's very uh intentional and then of course the sound is great which is why i got the oscar for best sound and no i didn't get the best sound oscar i think it went to mank or something like that but uh but it did win for music and animated feature of course even though it should have gone to wolf walkers so that's just my opinion but uh Soul is, but going back to the uh, after, so Soul came out, people loved it. There was a 22-minute short that released on Disney Plus where it was a prequel that focused on 22 trying to find a way to not go to Earth with a few new souls, but they all eventually leave her. And uh, it's a very cute short. It's more Tina Fey. And if you like Tina Fey, Tina Fey is funny enough. And again, representing Chicago, because I believe she came from Chicago. So uh, and the whole SNL club and everything. But, uh, uh, and also it has more beautiful music. And uh, so the afters. So... Kemp Powers, as I already mentioned, went on to direct Across the Spider-Verse. And uh, and then Pete Docter was was able to become the CEO of Pixar, where he where uh, he control controls what is created. And uh, I believe the first movie he greenlit after Lightyear, after John Lasseter's departure, he greenlit Onward, Soul. Toy Story 4, Incredibles 2, Lightyear, and uh, a bunch of other, uh, and Turning Red. The first movie he greenlit was uh, was Elemental, which was also a good movie. And then he also greenlit Elio, which was pushed back to next year, even though it was supposed to come out this year. And then Inside Out 2, which is coming out this ju- July. So... It's safe to say Pete Doctor is still creating, even though he's not a director anymore. And uh, but he's he's still kind of somewhat in charge of what comes out in and out of Pixar. So yeah, Soul's probably one of my. It's what I say. It's one of my favorites. I think it is one of my favorites, along with Wally and Ratatouille, where I think this movie kind of says that this was like the main worry of Pixar making a bunch of sequels with Incredibles 2 and Toy Story 4, which were not up to snuff. We uh, we were all worried that their original original movie pipeline was kind of, kind of a dud, where they were more focused on sequels in the 2010s, where instead of making original movies as much as that sucks, but, uh, but Soul Onward... Turning Red, Luca, Elemental Proof that they're still w- willing to make creative original movies, even though they're promising to make a Toy Story 5, which they shouldn't. 4 was enough. Well, 3 was enough. 
but they made a four, which everybody liked, but I hated. And then they're making a fifth, which might undo it even more. So that's just the mini rant. But uh, Soul kind of proved that Pixar is still very creative, even in the 2020s. And even if animation's getting a little bit more stylized, it's good to know that there are still some good friends that uh, remind us of what what came out in the early 2000s and the 2010s where we had these classics like Coco, Ratatouille, Pixar, uh, Incredibles, and they're, they're still not afraid to challenge these topics. And, and they're still kind of challenging certain topics like puberty, immigration, and, and uh, just even simple things like winning a Vespa in Italy. So, yeah, Soul... Pixar's latest, uh, not latest, because Elemental, one of the first, one of their first 2020 releases. I say it was worth it, and you should definitely check it out on Disney Plus. I might even rewatch it when I'm, when I when I have the time, because talking about it is, is actually kind of like, hey, I might want to rewatch it again. So yeah, thank you for listening to my anime life, and uh, next week we're gonna get back into another Black History movie i'll think about that so this is declan and this is my animated life